Welcome to the Known Parent Podcast. This podcast is presented to you by your friends at LifeWake Student Ministry. We offer biblical solutions for life, and we want to help you lead your teenagers to know God, own their faith, and make their faith known. You can learn more about LifeWay at www.lifeway.com and more about all that we offer through student ministry at www.lifeway.com students. Your hosts for the Known Parent Podcast are Rick Prawl and Mike Wakefield from Student Ministry Publishing at LifeWay. Rick has a 20-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. Mike has an 18-year-old daughter and a 15-year-old son. Between Rick and Mike, they have over 50 years combined experience in student ministry, church staff ministry, and ministry through student ministry publishing at Lifeway Christian Resources. Let's join them today as they share some of their experiences as parents, as those experiences relate to the Bible study topic in Known for this month. Make him known, make him known, live our lives for him alone, let his love Welcome to another episode of our Known Parent Podcast. I'm Rick Prawl. I've got Mike Wakefield in the room with me. Mike, how are you? I'm good, Rick. Good. We're off to a brand new month here, Mike. That's and, uh, right. As we were looking at this unit of study, I mean, this is a, we'll tell parents on the front end, this is a tough unit of study mm-hmm. to get into. But man, there's some there's some good stuff here, um, Mike. We're going to be looking at you know this whole most valuable person uh, idea this month, and we're talking about why we're valuable, why abortion's wrong, what do we think about war, and what's the big deal with drinking alcohol. And so I know parents are thinking right now, okay, I'm turning this one off. <laughs> I don't want to hear. But man, parents, you need to listen. This is going to be some good stuff to really talk about with your students. And um, Mike and I are are thinking through this topic and we're like, man, who could we get to come in and talk with us, talk with us about this topic? And we turn to our uh, student ministry publishing parent ministry expert, Bob Bunn. Welcome back, Bob Bunn, to the mic. Bob, how are you? I'm doing well, Rick, and I really appreciate you guys just kind of easing me into this. That's right. Well, we figured that you're the, uh, you're the parent ministry expert, so this would be a good, good place to bring you in. Bob's been with us here before, but, uh, so we're Bob, not going to talk at all. Right. We're just going to let Bob so talk. We're going right? to just turn yeah, it over. Thanks, guys. We're going to sit back for the next 20 minutes and let Bob do the work. Right. Uh, Bob, for parents that uh, haven't heard you on our podcast before, why don't you just tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do and a little bit about your family. Okay. I am uh, an editor here at Lifeway, and uh, my main responsibility deals with parent ministry. Uh, my main responsibility is Living with Teenagers magazine, which is a great resource, and I uh, also do some work with uh, an online devotional ma- uh, online set of devotionals called Heart Connects that can be delivered to folks uh, uh, electronically. And I do a little work with Mike on uh, True Love Weights as well. That's right. We're trying to get some stuff done with that these days. Wow. So uh, <laughs> a little, yes. little bit of everything. Uh, I'm married. I have three, three teenagers, or excuse mm-hmm. me, not three teenagers, three kids. Uh, two of them are teenagers. One of them is a tween who will be a teenager before too long. Man. So, uh, yeah, they're growing up <laughs> fast. Yeah. Three of them. That's a handful. See, Mike and I only had to deal with two, two. so you're going to have right. three to deal with. So, And we are, I mean, Bob, as you're looking at this stuff, this is some, and you've been aware of what we're getting into with this study because with Living with Teenagers, you try to uh, come up with some similar themes. It'd be interesting to see what you guys are doing with Living with Teenagers for the month of July with all these topics. Well, as we're, um, as we're getting into this study, um, you know, we've kind of gone over just the, the direction you know, what I want to ask you guys as parents, as dads especially, you know, this this whole unit centers around the idea that we are valuable in God's eyes. And, you know, in society today, we see all this stuff on the news. You know, we're talking about abortion and rape and, you know, you see euthanasia and, and you know, 
you know, the, you know, WWF and all the stuff that goes on and, and murder and assault every night. But we are valuable to God. How do you guys, how do we as parents get that across to our kids? What are some things that you guys have done to help your, your kids know, man, you are valuable. You're valuable to me, but you're also valuable to God. I think one of the things that you need to do is just tell them that. Show them from Scripture. Just go through the, the, the passages about how they're created in the image of God, uh, how the whole reason that Jesus came to die for us is because God saw us as valuable. Mm. Uh, and, and just let them know. Uh, I think a lot of times teenagers look at their parents and, and understand the, the, the way I'm saying this. They see God through us. And so as we love them and as we uh, show appropriate affection and let them know that they're valuable to us, uh, it makes it easier for them to believe that they're valuable to God. Hmm. And I think, um, again, it's just that, Rick, we talk about it every time, I think, but just that model, that example of how I treat people and how I treat situations and how I view other people and, mm-hmm. you know, my son and my daughter are going to pick up on that. And they're going to get their cues about valuing people and valuing life from me. Um, and so I've got to, I've got to go back and check, make sure, you know, how do I feel about these things? How do I feel about abortion? How do I feel about valuing life and alcohol and those kinds of things? And what, what kind of messages am I sending by my actions, by my thoughts, by my words? Because that's where, that's where my children are going to pick up, you know, the values. And it's really, it's easy to, to kind of not think about this as a parent, but teenagers are very, very vulnerable right. during this time. And so they, they struggle with self-esteem. They struggle with their own personal value. Guy or girl, it doesn't matter. They may, they may either withdraw and try to hide, or they may act out to try to make themselves look better or feel better about themselves. But it is it's an, an issue that, that every teenager deals with, and, and parents need to be there to support them through that. Well, I think as parents, too, it's important for us just to, you know, let our kids know, hey, I mean, you are important to me. You know, I've over the years, and I keep telling my kids this, that, you know, when I was a, when I was a teenager, when I was in college, heard all these folks talk about that when you have your own kids, you have this deeper understanding of how much God loves us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I have my own kids, I was like, man, that is really true, because I love my kids so much. It's like, man, I love you. You're important. You're valuable to me. And it makes me stop to realize that, man, I'm I'm important. I'm valuable to God and to try to communicate that. You know, I think as dads, I think it's important for us to say to dads that are listening that it's important for us as dads to tell our kids, man, I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. Um, you know, even when you know, our kids are doing stupid stuff, um, you know, I'm still telling my son, you know, I, that was just a stupid decision. That wasn't the best choice. But, man, I love you, and I'm here for you, and I'm always going to be on your side. I'm proud of you. You know, let's work past this. Yeah, I love the phrase my wife always uses that, you know, we're on your team. Yeah, you know, yeah, we're, we're on your team. No matter what, we're on your team. You know, we may not appreciate the choices you're making, like you said. <laughs> yeah. You know, we may not agree with that, and we're going to have to work through some stuff. But no matter what, we're on your team. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that that, I think, makes it easier to talk about these other topics once we have – that on the forefront that, man, we are valuable. I mean, I don't know any parent that just wants to sit down and have, you know, <laughs> talk about abortion or, mm-hmm. you know, and how many deep talks we have about war and, and drugs and alcohol and all that stuff. But it all comes back down to that point of, man, you're valuable. I love you. And I'm trying to protect you. You know, my job as your parent is, you know, my God-given responsibility is to take control of you, not, well, not take control, uh, be responsible for you. I'm a mm-hmm. steward. You know, I mean, you're you're entrusted to me. And God's watching how I'm going to parent you. And so I'm trying to guide and direct you. And part of that is that, man, you are, you are valuable. You are an incredibly valuable person before God. And, you know, that leads really right into that next session about abortion. 
you know, let's talk about that just for a little bit. You know, as dads, how do we as parents, as dads, as moms, you know, even get into talking with our kids, whether they're daughters or sons, about this topic of abortion? Because it's all over the news um, every, you know, every couple of years with political stuff going on, especially every four years with presidential elections. I mean, it's one of those big party platform kind of things on both sides. Um, how do we deal with that? How do we talk about that with our kids? think the culture helps us with that because it leaves right. so many open doors just like you yeah. said it's everywhere and yeah. it's going to come up it's going to happen in tv shows it's going to have uh, even if uh, you know a movie like juno or something like that where where the girl decides not to have an abortion you still have the teenage pregnancy and you uh the real life of an american teenager those kind of shows uh kind of lift that kind of stuff up and so those kind of doors are open for us mm-hmm. and we we can use those as teachable moments and as opportunities to hmm. to to help them understand that, especially when it comes to abortion, it's not really a political issue. It's more of a spiritual issue. That's right. And, and sometimes we get it all wrapped up and we think, oh, well, you know, it's a Republican thing. It's a Democratic thing. It's whatever. But really, it's a God thing. It really is, yeah. And <laughs> so we have to, we have to get, help, help them separate in their minds and their hearts the political side of it from the spiritual, ethical, moral side of it. Which mm-hmm. is a higher view. Sure. I mean, that's the very, exactly. you know, we need to take that higher view. You know, we can't just, because we want to, and I think our society wants to boil it down to what Bob mm-hmm. was talking about. Well, it's a, this political issue, but it's not. It's, it is a, it's a higher uh, issue that we have to deal with and, and what God thinks about this. And that's, that's the tack that we want to take as, as it comes up in our society. And, and it, as Bob said, there's plenty of opportunities for us to talk about this. Uh, that we need to be intentional about how we talk about it. We need to be intentional to say, you know, let's let's okay, let's look at it from the, what you know what society is saying about it, but then let's look at what Scripture says about it and what does God think about this, and uh, to help our students deal with the issue. Well, and we also have to understand that as parents are listening to us, I mean, there there is going to be a percentage of parents that are dealing with the difficulty of talking about this topic just because of their choices in their past, exactly, and and you know having you know, made the choice to have an abortion, um, affects both men and women. And, you know, there's consequences related to that. That certainly is an opportunity to sit and talk with your, your kids about, you know, I need you to understand the choices that I made. Um, and here's how I feel about it. And now as if I could go back, you know, maybe here's something I would do differently for us. When, when we're talking about this topic with our kids, it really boils down to, and when I'm talking with students about it, is that you know God values all human life because that that is part of His nature, part of His character. You know He creates life. He sees life as important and valuable. And as Christians, we reflect and model that nature of Christ. So if God values life as His child, I should value life. Um, and because God values life, and I should value life, you know that makes the answer to this question: Why is abortion wrong? Easier for me to to talk about as a dad is because. You know, all human life is sacred and precious to God, and I need to do what I can to to value that and impress that upon you and, and impress you to, to make careful choices now as a teenager so you don't have to make the difficult choices related to this question about why is abortion wrong. I think one of the great passages in this particular session is the Jeremiah 1, That's right. 4 and 5, that, that God not only... Uh, loves us, but he created us with a purpose that we mm-hmm. ought, that there's a plan for each of us. And there's going to be a percentage, as you say, of, of parents out there who are going to have to struggle with this. Their, their daughter's going to come to them and say, you know, I'm pregnant. Their son's going to come to them and say, my girlfriend's pregnant. And they're going to be faced with a choice of how do I react to that? And if you can go back to that Jeremiah passage and realize that God doesn't make things happen by accident, that there is a plan, there is a purpose, and that child that is being carried by that teenage girl has a purpose as well 
right. then uh, that's something that, that we can reinforce and, and instill that value in the lives of our teenagers. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I think that I think you brought up something too, Rick. That there's probably some parents you, that are listening here that have dealt with that, or that's happened in in your lives, and it may be some things that that you've repressed. That you know that this may bring up some very deep, dark hurts that you need to deal with. And so we want to encourage you because it's going to be really difficult for you to talk about this and deal with this with your student if you've not processed that, if you've not dealt with that, you know, uh, of the guilt and the need for forgiveness and those kinds of things. So we want to encourage you, you know, to talk with your pastor or, or you know, or a, count, a Christian counselor, or, you know, don't, you know, don't uh, handicap this situation because you, you've not been able to deal with it yourself. We want you to do that. You need to take care of that so that you can process that because you, you want your students to deal with this in a healthy way. Uh, and so you need to deal with that in a very spiritually healthy way yourself. That's, the second thing is that something that Bob brought up, and, and, and we realize this, that uh, in doing some writing, as Bob spoke spoke about earlier, we're doing some writing with the new True Love Waits uh, resource, and, and part of that is just dealing with some situations like this and just doing some writing today about this issue of pregnancy and abortion. And it's really easy for us to look at this, what's very sterile, this print on a page. But when it comes down to all of a sudden, my daughter's pregnant. Right. Wow. You know, that makes, that takes that objectivity about this and makes it very subjective. Right. And so we want you to know that, you know, don't handle that alone. Don't look for the easy, just what might be the easy solution. You know, deal with this redemptively in a very forgiving way. Support your your child, your son, or your daughter that's going through this, and help them make the right choice. You know, according to biblical principles and godly th- principles that we, you know, that that they that you hold dear. We hope. Right, and that's where it gets difficult because I mean, there is such a a social stigma, even still associated mm-hmm. with teenage pregnancy, and and you know, as as followers of Christ, we're called to value all human life. And, I mean, that's important. You know, we pick up in the, the midweek portion of this session for those churches that are doing that, the opposite end of the spectrum. We go from, yeah. you know, the, the unborn to the elderly and, and the importance of, you know, whether you're you're not born or whether you're, you know, you know my grandmother's 94 years old, um, you know, that all human life is valuable to God. And you know, we get into uh, some discussions about that. And, and that's still a big topic in our families, you know, care for aging parents, you know, yeah. our, our parents are getting older and, and how do we care about that? And, and, you know, letting our kids see that, man, I'm still calling my mom and my, my father-in-law, I'm calling my grandmother, talking to her. Um, I mean, that I value life um, and a reflection of God in that. So, I mean, there's a lot of issues related just to that that second week of study that mm-hmm. you know parents uh, just to get across to your students that man life is valuable you know one of the things and, and I really you know this whole topic from my background as a you know the biology major I love the the 4D technology that's out now the 4D sonograms the the cameras inside the womb you know all the life specials um just some great opportunities to teach and and look with your kids just sit out sit down at the internet and do a search for 4D sonograms and do a search for you know those kind of images and just see and show your kids man this is this is really life in the womb as i've talked with students that have looked at those kind of images and the things that we printed in our student material for this this session they're like wow you know that that really is a life that's a baby you know at 4 weeks old i can see that that's going to be a person i mean it's it's exciting to be able to look at some of that kind of stuff yeah well, guys, we move from there into the question for the third week of study, parents. Oh um, and this, again, is a timely topic. Is you know The question is, how should I feel about war? And as Mike and I were sitting down and, and with our team and we were planning out this whole unit of study, we realized that you know from, 
from Scripture, we can't tell you how you should feel about war, whether you should like it or not like it or support it or not support it. But we, we looked at some, some solid biblical principles in the midst of all that. But this is a timely question because, you know, we've got Iraq going on. We've got Afghanistan going on. got stuff going on in the Middle East. I mean, it seems like there's always something going on about war and conflict. Um, and we have sons um, in the midst of that, um, you know. Uh, you know, my son's 19, and we had to go through as a senior year, you know, registering him for selective service. Right. Um, I remember doing that as a, as a 17, 18-year-old. But how do you guys talk about war and all this stuff that's going on with your families? Because, again, like as Bob said, I mean, it's all over the news. You can't go a day without seeing something related to that. How do you talk about that? What are you kids thinking about it? That's a tough question. Um, I mean, we talk about it at our house you know, in our family, uh, it's not something that we talk about a lot, but right. because it is, you know, uh, very prevalent in our society. And, you know, I, my son is 16 and I guess pretty much for his whole life, we've been at war, mm-hmm. you know, some way, shape, form or fashion. It's true. Uh, and most, we need to remember that, that most teenagers, most teenagers right now, that's all that they've known that their whole, you know, their whole lives, uh, for us to be at war. I, I just think Rick and, and, it's probably good for us to bring up that, as you said, we're we're trying to pull out some biblical principles out of here, but there's a lot of unanswered questions right. about this. Uh, and again, at times, our society wants to boil it down, and the discussions in our nation wants to boil it down to a political discussion, um, and and that's part of the the realm of that. And I think that's okay for us to talk about that, and, you know, in our families. But again, let's take it to a higher level. And what is God's purpose in all of that? Uh, boy, that's hard to understand. You know, it really is. And I think it's just, uh, I think the three of us are going to agree today that we're not going to give you hard and fast <laughs> answers right, yeah. about how to talk about this, you know, because it's such a, a difficult subject. Right. Um, and so I would just say, you know, be honest and look at biblical principles as you talk about it with your teenager. Um, try to see, you know, okay, what, what, what do you think God's purpose in is in this? And how is he going to gain glory from this? And how is he going to accomplish his purpose through what's taking place in our world right now? Hmm. Um, so that's just some things that we try to talk about at our house. Yeah. I think, uh, almost by talking about it, you, you, you have to kind of focus on the opposite, which is peace. Right. That's what a lot of the passages and a lot of the things that in the session talk about, uh, you know, obviously God is, Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit includes peace. So, uh, you know, God is all about peace. Uh, being sinful folks that we are, though, we screw things up quite a bit. Uh, but uh, you can also look at it from the, from the perspective of helping the, helping the weaker folks, uh, helping the, those who are treated unjustly, uh, fighting injustice, which is also, you know, God says that he, uh, he loves mercy, he does justly, and, and stand right before the God and God and all that, and the, and the prophets. Uh, and God Himself in Habakkuk comes up and says, "You know, that I'm using the, the Babylonians to <laughs> to exact That's judgment right, yeah. on, on sinful folks." So, you know, as we stand up for those who are weaker, and we stand up for what's right, that's going to create conflict. Mm-hmm. And so, that sometimes that conflict eventually leads to war. 
And and that's something that, that we can't, it's unpleasant, but that's it's right. something we can't forget. That's right. Well, and you brought up peace, Bob. And again, for churches that are using our midweek portion of the study, that is the, the follow-up study, this war study is what does it take for peace to happen? Um, because, you know, again, as Mike's talking about the higher purpose, you know, God's purposes, you know, God wants peace and wants that to, to rule. And, and what does it take for that to happen? You know, we talk about one of the principles in this, in this study about war is that, you know, a lot of conflict happens because of the sin, because of our sin nature. I mean, we see that in our own homes. You know, you talk about, you know, the, the global scale of war on this big scale, but if you boil it down even just within a family, you know, we have family war. You know, we have conflict within our families because of, of sin. And we talk about, you know, God is sovereign. He's in control. And, and what does that mean? And again, as Mike said, we're not trying to give all the answers. Um, and there's, you know, we can't we can't determine a right and a wrong for you as a family. Some of our best friends, you know, their son right now is at West Point, um, you know, in the military training. And, and we've had, you know, students in our youth group that are often serving in Iraq right now. Um, and, you know, we, we pray for them and we support them. And, you know, but this whole feeling about, you know, what do you feel about for? I think it's a good question just to sit down as a family and talk about, you know, what do you, what do you think about that? Mm-hmm. And just ask your students, what are you thinking? What does that even impact you? Um, or as Mike was saying, is it so commonplace for our kids? They've grown up in a world that they've not known a time without war. Is that, well, it's just, you know, that's the way life is. Um, and that becomes difficult. Wow. I just think about, I mean, you, uh, you brought up Rick. I mean, our lives and our world is just filled with conflict. I mean, and you look, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, well, let's go back to the garden. I mean, you know, let's go back to the first family. I mean, Cain kills Abel. I mean, conflict. And, I mean, because of our sin, like I said, that's the first point, we are in conflict. Right. You know, and until we see Christ, until he comes again, and and when you look at the scripture, he's going to come again, and there's going to be war. You know, I mean, war is going to there's going to war is going to happen, and we're in. You know, it's a spirit. We also have a spiritual battle. There's a spiritual warfare going on right now. Right. There is conflict, and until it's all said and done, we're going to be in conflict. And how do we handle that? And I think that we can take that. I think it'd be good as a family to take that. Okay, let's look at the situation that our nation is in. Let's look at this conflict. And let's talk about conflict in our family. You know, are we handling it correctly? Are we doing what's right? Is is God being honored, you know, and is there peace in our home? Because we know that's ultimately what God desires, right. you know. Um, and how is that taking place in our family? How, and then move it out. How is that taking place in our neighborhood? Are we having conflict with our neighbors? You know, are we showing a Christ-like attitude in, in the way that we uh, relate to the people around us? So I think we can boil down the big picture out here of the war and bring it home and then move it out and say, okay, well, let's be this instrument of peace uh, that that God desires for us to be, so. yeah. and I think our, our, as our teenagers go out into the world, they're going to run into folks who differ from them, mm. whether they are uh, whether they're more pacifistic and they run into someone who's more militant, or they're more militant. And they run uh, or they see people with protest signs or, or whatever. They're going to run into different folks, and this is a great opportunity for parents to go back to the first session and mm. remind That's them that just because someone doesn't agree with me. That doesn't make them any less of a person. That doesn't make them any less valuable. Right. Uh, we can talk about this, and we can have discussions about this, and we can agree to disagree in certain situations, but we can still do it with a level of respect. That's good. See, that's why you're here, Bob. You brought us back that's to the right. main point. There you go. That, I mean, this whole unit is about you know the value of, of all human life, regardless of these situations. And you know, parents, as we're sitting here talking, you know, it's easy for you know Mike and Bob and I to sit here in this room and talk about you know how we talk about this with our kids. 
And some of you are sitting there thinking, well, that's easy for you, but what about me? What what kind of questions can I ask? This is a great place for me to put in our little plug that we do every month um, for our website. Um, for uh, Go to lifeway.com slash known, click on the leader tab, click on the uh, summer resources. It's known 08 resources. Uh, and then follow the link to the parent meeting plans and look for the one for MVP, most valuable person. The last two pages of that parent meeting plan are questions for each one of these sessions this month six to eight questions every week that you can specifically ask your student to get into a conversation about these difficult topics. I'd also say that, you know, living with teenagers is a great resource, especially this month, um, to help you talk about these topics and give you some more information about these topics and specifically about these sessions that we're talking about in known. Um, you know, Bob, talk, take just a second. Talk about the connection that living with teenagers has with our known curriculum piece for parents that are listening to this. We have a uh, an article every month that we call the known article, and it ties in some way, shape, or form, sometimes more tightly, sometimes more loosely, to the, the overall theme for this month. And then that article is followed with a page called Family Connections, and it has uh, a summary of the, of the article, um, some of the basic points of that, also has some discussion questions, has some scripture verses that parents can use to discuss the topic with their teenager at home. So it's a way to reinforce and kind of plug back into known um, whatever the, this this topic is for this particular month. That's good. So those are some resources, parents, to help you get on track with what we're talking about this month. Well, guys, the last session, and we've talked about being valuable to God, abortion, we've talked about war. And the last session is all about, you know, the question, why is drinking alcohol such a big deal? This is directed to your students you know, in their main Bible study, uh, we're going to talk about the follow-up Bible study is how can drinking affect my witness. So this is, again, a topic coming back to students. Again, keeping in mind the big picture that we're valuable to God. And if we're valuable to God, then why is drinking alcohol such a big deal? Um, and the first thing we say, and we address this right in the Bible study, first thing we tell your students is, well, number one, it's illegal mm-hmm. for your exactly. students to be drinking. I mean, so that's a big deal is that, you know, if you're drinking, you're breaking the law. As student ministers, though, we also know that Every week, you know, there are students gathering at school campuses, at parties, wherever, and drinking, and drinking a lot, and statistics, you know, show that. So how have you guys approached this topic with your with your kids at home? I know at our house, you know, we don't drink, um, you know, and, you know, we've made that choice not to drink for a lot of different reasons. We don't have alcohol in the house. A lot of that was as our kids were growing up, I didn't want to have anything in the house that you know, was going to be a temptation to them, removing all those temptations. How have you guys dealt with that? I think in going back to this whole idea of the value of, of each person, talk with your teenager about why, if they're, if they're not drinking, they're seeing friends, I'm sure, who do and are tempted to. Ask them why do they think their friends are drinking. Is it to cover up some kind of hmm. pain? Are they trying to – they don't, do they don't feel uh, – they don't have enough self-esteem to be able to stand against that, and so they give in to the peer pressure to be accepted. Uh, again, it all goes back to this idea of, of understanding your own value, and when you get a grasp of that, then you're able to stand up for what's right, and hmm. in, in, in even in tough situations. Right. We just try to – I don't know. I was just trying to think how many conversations that we've actually had with this with our students and I, with, our, with our two children, and I don't think that we've had a lot of conversations about it. I think it's just one of those things that we have just lived life, and and we've talked about this before, Rick, that this is the values that we have for our home. Mm -hmm. This is the way that we choose to live, and there's no compromise there. And I think that we have made that very clear, you know, through our choices, through our conversations with our our kids. 
Um, so it's not like they had to come to us and go, hey, mom, dad, what do you think about drinking? You know, I mean, we right. set that boundary and that value, and we try to talk about it biblically um, and what it says. And I, and, I, and I want parents to hear that, that what we, what's in the known material is we've tried to, to be very true to Scripture because one of the things that you may hear, well, in the Bible, it doesn't say you, can, you know you can't drink in the Bible. I mean, Jesus drank wine. I mean, you you're going to get drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you're going to hear some of that. You know, you may you may get that argument back when you begin to talk about this. So we've tried to say, okay, well, here's what the Bible does say right. about it, mm-hmm. and and draw the truths from there to say, you know what, that's not a good decision. It's it's not a good decision. One, like I said, it, already it's illegal, but it's just not a good decision for your life. And so that's what we try to say in this material, and that's what we try to say to our kids. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what we believe. Here's the values that we hold, and here's why. And um, I just tried to continue to reinforce that. Well, and we do follow that up in that midweek study about that it does have an effect on our witness, and and it does impact the way that we can share our faith with Christ, and it, it does have a direct impact on that and, and distracts from our witness for Christ. You know, we took our kids on a cruise this last year and, uh, you know, we were on a carnival ship and, you know, they're, they're called the fun ship for a reason. Um, and, uh, you know, just people drinking nonstop and, you know, that does open up some opportunities to sit down and talk with your kids about, man, what do you see going on? And, and you see how people just get so out of control. And for me, you know, the, the miser that I am, you know, we sat down and talked about, you know, those drinks are eight bucks a shot, you know, and, and, you know, think about all the things you guys could do with that $8. You're watching these guys, you know, you know, get, you know, 10 drinks, you know, while they're sitting there during the day and, you know, it's 80 bucks and, you know, it just starts ringing in my head. But for us, it really has come back down to like you, Mike is like, you know, we've made a choice just not to do that. It's not something that I need. It's not going to, it's not going to enhance my relationship with God. Um, and there are a lot of other things that I can be doing that I find more important and just trying to communicate that to our kids. We've tried to be pretty open about that with our kids and just talking about that. So I like the last two points in this session where it talks about, uh, it causes a lack of judgment and it also can lead to addiction. And those are two, obviously if you're getting into that kind of territory, that's not where you want your teenager to go. And if your teenager, I'm going to say it has any sense, <laughs> uh, you know, and they're looking at things from a, from a, a sensible, rational kind of perspective. They're not going to want to be in a situation where they don't have control and they're not going to be in a situation where uh, something can master them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, you know, independence mm-hmm. is a big thing for kids. And if you can use that to your advantage and say, okay, you want to be independent, that's fine, but you need to understand that when you let this become a part of your life, you give up a piece of that independence. That's right. Yeah. Either because your peers are forcing you to do it or encouraging you to do it, and you lose control to them, or you lose control to the substance itself. Yeah. And there's also that aspect of you know just the danger. Um, you know, and we bring that up in the materials as well. The the cost, financial cost, as well as as life cost related to drinking. Um, we just at our church had a funeral yesterday morning for a 17 year old who was killed by a drunk driver. Mm. Um, a uh, wow. guy lost control and, and ran into him head on and the four guys got out of the car and, and they thought they were okay. And then, you know, this, this teenager, 17 year old, you know, passed away that later that evening. Um, and just a, a sad thing uh, to see an entire football team come to our church for a funeral and be standing there, um, you know, with that family, um, because of the loss of life related to drinking. And it wasn't the teenagers drinking, but it was, you know, a drunk driver related accident. So, well, guys, this has been a, 
uh, as we've said, a tough topic to talk about for us, but it's an important topic for us as parents to talk about and, and be able to, to talk with our kids about these kind of topics. Any last words, things to say to parents? Uh, any last words of advice as we close out today? I would just say just make sure, one, make sure that your family, that you're basing your values on on biblical standards. Uh, I mean, that sounds real simplistic and everything, but I just, I, mean, I know that there's lots of folks who are involved in church that, you know, you look at their lives and you think those standards aren't based on the Bible, you know, but <laughs> make sure, you know, what, what values and standards do you have as a family and make sure those are biblically based. Then secondly, make sure you're communicating right. that to your children. It's one thing for you to hold those values, but you know, if you don't pass those along, then you know, what good is that? You know, you need to make sure that you communicate very clearly through your words, through your actions, through your example. As we said, this is the way that we've chosen to live. We're choosing this worldview. We're choosing these values, these biblical values to live our lives by as a family. And we're expecting you to follow those also. Hmm. So just choose the right values and pass those along. That's good. Yeah. I think I would encourage folks not to be scared by these kind of tough questions. Mm. That's good, too. Uh, these are, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, these are very intimidating, and we've been talking right. about that all the way through the, the podcast. But the toughest questions are the ones that can provide the best conversations and the best discussions. And quite frankly, I mean, our teenagers live with us. They know who we are. They know we don't have all the answers. And it's okay to admit that from time to time. Right. And, and you just say, you know, I don't know. This is a hard question. This is tough. I don't understand it all. Let's work through this together and see where we end up. And that's a great, uh, a great way to build a relationship with your kids. That's good. And I'm going to close with just the, the opening paragraph that we have in our materials this, this month for leaders as they're preparing. Parents, this is good for us to, and this really sets the tone where we came from as a team putting this whole unit of study together. It says, as we get to know God as a God of love, we come to understand that he loves and values all human life. He creates all human life. If we will internalize that truth and own it, it will impact the way that we value all human life, including our own. Parents, that's a great place to start. I mean, you've got to believe these things that we're talking about um, and internalize that and own that. You know, that's part of the whole known strategy, helping your students, helping you as parents own your faith. And once we own it, it becomes a part of who we are and we live that out and we get to demonstrate that. Well, thanks for joining us this month. Uh, Join us again uh, the next month as we pick up a brand new unit of study.